This week's episode is sponsored by Endeavor Podcast Solutions, owned by Victoria Bosworth and CrestPod's first annual podcast prize. Do you have a great idea for a podcast? Perhaps you already have a podcast and you're getting overwhelmed with editing or want to freshen up your show to grow your audience. Wherever you are in your podcasting journey, Endeavor has you covered with innovative strategies to help you reach your goals you envision for your show. If you are ready to grow your audience, monetize, need coaching, or startup services to take your show from concept to creation, you should head over to www.endeavorpodcastsolutions.com. Podcasting simplified. You can visit us on Instagram at Endeavor Podcast Solutions, Twitter at Podcast Endeavor, or Facebook at Endeavor Podcast Solutions for more information. Welcome to Popner Lounge, a podcast for the creative soul. I'm your host, Steph Pham. My guests today appeared on the hit Netflix series, Queer Eye. They're the lovable couple who had everyone say, I Shannon you. We talk about their experience on the show, life after the episode aired, and what lessons they're taking with them from the Fab Five. Please welcome my guests, William and Shannon Mankin. everybody. Welcome to Popner and Lounge. My guests today are William Mankin and Shannon Mankin from Queer Eye. You guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having us. <laughs> so, um, Shannon, I want to know what kind of motivated you to um, nominate William? Like, were you guys fans of the show? Did you watch it together? How did you come about with the idea to nominate William? I had watched it when it was when it was or- the original in the early 2000s. I had watched that show and he gets the casting calls on Facebook for movies and whatnot. And it popped up on there and he jokingly was like, oh, look, they're casting for the new Queer Eye. They're doing a reboot. And so I was just like, yeah, that'd be fun. And I just dropped it at that point. And then I went and I submitted him for the show just for fun because I had no idea. I had no expectation that we were actually going to get chosen for the show. Um, cause at that point he had, he had a man bun. He could, he could get his hair into a man <laughs> bun and, uh, he was, you know, just didn't dress very nice, especially not, you know, when, I mean, we go out, he dressed okay, but he tucks in his t-shirts. He kind of still does that though, but, uh, <laughs> but I do it's for not work. as bad. Yeah, I do for work. Cause when you're reaching <laughs> in your stretch and then, you know, the shirt pulls up. Yeah, it's not as bad now. And. And he's he's got better um, style now that after the guys did it, but there was that was the main reasons. So so in defense of myself, <laughs> what, was, what was happening was uh, as an actor, I would get a show, and then I would not do anything to my hair or facial hair or anything until the next time I was picked up, because you never know what they really need. But it could be months, and it could be. And he just yeah, he know, just let I it would go. Just for let months. it go, and and the last thing I had done before the show was uh, uh, the Walking Dead. So I, I was really big for The Walking Dead. And then it just continued to get bigger. So <laughs> That kind of perfectly segues into my next question was, before Queer Eye, William, how much acting had you, had you done? Did you have like theater experience locally? Or like how much acting experience did you have prior to the show? Uh, most of what I've done is background work. I did do a few independent films. Actually, about six months before Queer Eye, I actually got my first SAG role, which was uh, Logan Lucky which was really great because we actually got to go to Los Angeles for that one. 
Yeah. But around that, uh, it's it pretty much a lot of student films, independent films. I, I, I just like to keep it local. I don't really want to get so big that I have to travel the world. I just want to kind of be able to come home at the end of the night. He likes to be in the background, too. Not background, background, but he like he writes and he likes directing and that kind of stuff. Yeah, the crew yeah. work. The crew, yeah. yeah. Behind the scenes, not background, behind the scenes. So, Shannon, um, could you refresh our memory? Or for those who have not seen your episode yet, how did you two meet? I believe it was at Walmart, correct? Yes. We were in the management assistant manager training program, and it was down in Woodstock, Georgia. He lived in Alabama at the time, and I guess it was the closest training for him. And so that's kind of where we both ended up. Uh, and that's where we met. Were you friends first and that kind of grew into a relationship or how did that work out? Oh yeah. Um, so they, there was about 42 of us in our training program and they teamed, they split us into two teams and we happened to be on the same team. So we were working together, learning everything we needed to learn for being assistant managers and just, just became friends from that, from there. I had, I mean, I didn't, when I first met him, I didn't think of him as, you know, boyfriend material for me. And because he's he's very quiet, and I mean, I had to approach him and just start the conversations just as friends. And it really just started out as friends. We were just coworkers and friends, and we just really clicked. Yeah, we were what friends for about six months before we started dating. Yeah, I mean, it was it was literally there was, and I didn't even think he liked me like that. So it was just <laughs> it just kind of happened at the at the end there. But yeah, it was just friends starting out. Oh, that. It's wonderful. I'm like, I love listening to people's love stories. So that's, oh, it just hits right here. <laughs> so being on Queer Eye, it's such a vulnerable experience. When you're opening up to new chapters of life, how did you feel about being so vulnerable on such a major platform? Wow. Uh, I didn't really know what to expect going into it. Because looking at the original show, it was just kind of, you know, wham, bam. And they just went right in and just did what they had to do. And it was done. It was all done in one day. So I really wasn't at the initial initially expecting a whole week uh, to be able to spend with these guys, and they they took their time with you too. I mean, it wasn't like Karamo just sat down. Like I'm to the show, it shows about a, him talking to me for about a minute, but we were actually stuck in traffic for about two hours. So he drags a lot out of you. He knows exactly what question to ask you to get your emotions out. He he's really good at what he does, and I know he hates being called the culture guy, but he he's really a psychotherapist and he's really good. But yeah, talking to each one of them, each one of them was, even though they were kind of new to the show, because we originally, for season one, and we got bumped to season two, uh, they were still kind of fresh with each other, but they really knew how to, to talk to people. And so the, them being cast for the show, uh, they, they were perfect. It perfect really made it, made it easy to, yeah. all of them are just so easy to talk to. So it didn't really feel like you were trying, like they were trying to open you up you just felt like they were friends and you just talked to them. And that's how I felt anyway. Yeah. Cause I had some conversations with Jonathan that I won't divulge what he told me, but I mean, he just, he just got both of us talking about things that uh, just very personal for both of us. And it's just, they're so comfortable to talk to that, Like she said that you just start just spouting things off that you wouldn't normally talk to 
anybody else with. The show has a lot of physical transformation. Obviously, there's, you know, things with style, things with grooming, and obviously the, the house gets a makeover as well. But what stuck with you guys emotionally? Maybe it was something that Karamo said, or maybe it was a chat that you guys had with one of the guys. What stuck with you guys emotionally after doing the show? Emotionally, for me, uh, I, I always had that reminder that that I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for for her, even though sometimes I don't stick to it. I'm kind of bad about it, but she kind of reminds me sometimes. I, I try to remind myself that sometimes when I just want to be lazy and something, I, I need to, you know, stop stop the laziness sometimes. I need to just do it again for her or, like, you know, just dress myself up, stop wearing the pajamas for the day. You know, you know, she's getting ready to come home. You know, prepare myself for her, you know, make it nice. You know. I honestly, that week flew by so fast and I didn't get to spend a lot of time with them like he did. I literally, the time you see on the show is that that coming into the house, I didn't get to spend any time, much time after that with them. So I didn't, I don't really remember personally what they said to me, but just everything that they did say to me really just made everything so comfortable. But I don't, I can't, I can't have, I don't have a specific quote or anything from either one of them but I, I did talk to Karamo more than anybody and he's easy he's he says one thing and he just makes you want to cry <laughs> right I like he has that trigger where like he says something he and you just like waterfalls come and yeah. I know I cry like several times during you guys's episode what has the show done for you guys in terms of confidence afterwards are you talking to people differently are you managing stuff at work differently how has it affected your confidence I definitely talk to a lot more people than I used to. And I think a lot of it, because I'm, I'm taking care of myself a little better, I'm a little more approachable. And I find a lot of people just, just come up to me. Of course, they recognize me and I talk to people, a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that actually helps because sometimes it's, it's hard for me to approach other people. I still have some of that anxiety. Uh, but when they approach me, I can run off in any conversation with them. But I don't know. I, I just like that recognition sometimes, uh, you know, the people coming up to me. But I, I forgot what the question was. <laughs> I kind of ran off on a tangent there. <laughs> the backstory for your episode, I heard originally was that it was for you to set out to look for an agent, correct? Or connect, get connected with yes. an agent. And so how did it get flipped to proposing to Shannon? Okay. So uh, during the first couple of weeks of talking to the producers, trying to get what, what their uh, their idea of the show was going to be, it originally was for me to become an actor. And, and I guess during some of their meetings with themselves, they kind of realized that going along the actor route would make a lot of people feel the show was fake if they mm. had an actor on there. Right. So you'll notice in the show, they never call me an actor. They never talk about any of the movies I've made or anything I've ever been in. Then uh, actually right before the show aired, they wanted me to delete anything in my Instagram, Facebook, anything that related to acting, which I didn't do. But so they, they really wanted to keep that out of it. So and then they started talking about, well, we, we, we can't go this route. We need to do something else. Uh, so they asked me kind of any ideas, I, anything I wanted to do. And I told them that one thing I really wanted to do and I really didn't know how to do was I wanted to propose to her. And they just took right off. I mean, within minutes, they were talking about, oh, we could do this and this and this and this. And then, it, I mean, it was almost like they were prepared for it. They knew instantly what they wanted to do. Uh, so we decided we were going to keep it secret from her that we were going to anytime that she was around we were going to talk about it being for acting but anytime that she wasn't there of course it was obviously preparing for the proposal so shannon were you clued in at all about that or were you just completely in the dark did you have any kind of hints that that was going on they didn't let on or he didn't let on at all i mean i i 
for the most part, the whole time I was thinking it was they were going to work on getting him an agent and everything. There was one of the one of the Fab Five did kind of ruin it a little bit, but I kind of played it off like I didn't hear him. Um, it's actually in the bowl when I'm in the bowling alley talking to them on the phone. It, it didn't air in our episode, but because we had to do that several times, and one of them said something about being a fiance or, or Anthony, I think it was Anthony or it was yeah. either Anthony or Bobby. Um, one, one of them said something about your fiance and I kind of heard it and I was like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm upset I didn't hear that. So I just let it go. And I, they continued saying it was acting. So I just kind of let, let that all be the, the reason. Maybe I, I was like, maybe he just made a slip. I don't know. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I love that the heroes themselves throughout all the seasons have built a community of support. Tell me about connecting with the other heroes from the show. Actually, I don't know, because if you look at other shows, no other show has really the, the, the heroes of their shows ever gotten together before. But we just wanted to, to meet a couple of them. And the, uh, the obvious choice was uh, Tom and Abby for, uh, because they were the other couple. And they were the first episode. Right. So we decided, since we were local, everything's in Atlanta, we decided we were going to meet them. So they agreed, and we met at that Mexican restaurant. And then the next day, it just took off. I mean, you know, Entertainment Weekly and People Magazine, it just became international news that, that we had a date with, with Tom and Abby. Yeah. Uh, we never expected it. And actually, from there, everybody on the show decided that they were going to start meeting each other. And then we had the big group to get, get together at Mama Tammy. And it just it became this... this thing to everybody especially season three and four they're constantly together because they actually live a little closer they're to each really other yeah. yeah so the closest or the furthest person from us i think is mama tammy and she's about two two and a half hours she's south to, um, below atlanta yeah so if we're more spread out than the season three four people uh so it's easier for them to get together but we try to get together whenever actually you're meeting jason and beth yeah next week so no this, this, this week. friday yeah this week <laughs> I love it because it just shows that it goes beyond the show. These people really go through an evolution, a transformation, and you guys can connect through that. You guys can bond over the fact that you went through this experience together. So that's that's really awesome that you guys get to do that. Something I could relate to, William, is uh, having a pay-the-bills job while you work on something that you're truly passionate about. How do you balance the two? It's hard. <laughs> In fact, I was just rushing from work right now to uh, make sure I was here on time. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I do it. Sometimes. I, I think it is. I still have to do my 40 hours with Walmart because I still have to pay the bills. Right. Right. Uh, I don't like that. I fortunately, it's one of those things that does have to be done. Uh, I don't know who does, but, <laughs> uh, but then I, I try to balance my time with just everything else. Walmart actually kind of allows me to be able to change my schedule as I need to for acting. And of course they have the, the vacation time and everything that I can use for that as needed. Uh, they've been very supportive of this. So whenever I need to take a time off, they, they allow me to do that. I, I don't know. I actually haven't been acting as much this year as I normally would. No, yeah. Yeah. Last year I was full-time everything. Uh, this year I've actually kind of backed off a little bit, but it, it's hard to find that balance. And sometimes it actually does pull a little bit of strain. Sometimes I, I forget people and <laughs> I have to be reminded. <laughs> so it's actually nice to have a good support, good support group to, uh, to, help balance it because sometimes you do get passionate about something and you do get your mind on it full time. And then you kind of realize, or they help you realize that, that you need to, to balance a little bit more. So, so having that support behind you is uh, very important. 
something I heard from a previous interview as well is that you proved the way that they edited your episode because I know a lot of times in reality TV shows, it's skewed to create drama, you know, to heighten everything. How did you like watching back your episode? What was your reaction to seeing it after it aired? Well, I didn't get to see the episode until it actually aired. And I knew there was a lot of stuff they could have used. I mean, we could have easily had a two-hour episode. But I liked the way that they kept it on the uh, the relationship. So I think they did a really great job of, of showing how much I love her, uh, showing how much I really wanted to do for her. So I think they did a really great job in, in keeping that part of the edit. I do kind of wish they did mention the acting because then when people do see that I'm an actor, they're like, oh, the whole show's fake. And like, <laughs> you know, there's 32 heroes. You got one that's an actor and they think the whole show is fake. Um, so I, I do kind of wish they had added that a little bit into it. But for the most part, I, I really enjoyed the way they edited it. And you, Shannon, did you enjoy how, um, watching it back? Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> so I'm not as comfortable in front of the camera as he is. Uh, so when the cameras were on me, I didn't know what to do. So um, there's a lot of times when I'm just like staring because I can't stare at the camera. I'm not supposed to look at the camera. So I'm like trying to figure out where to look. So it was hard for me, but I really liked the way that they edited it and didn't make me look stupid. <laughs> uh, actually, during the reveal, of course, I did my reveal first and I'm going through the house and I'm excited about everything and I'm touching everything. And, uh, it's like, oh, I love this and this. And like, I see this fan and it's like, oh, I saw that in Jonathan's barbershop. Oh, I love this. And, and then uh, when she comes through, she's not as comfortable, of course. Uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So, so I'm just like looking around. She's just kinda, she's I'm amazed, kinda, <laughs> but. Yeah, she's kind of walking through and just kind of looking at everything going, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you see this? And did you see this? Just, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so, so they did a really great job of editing it to make it her look more, I don't know, I don't want to say emotional, but. Well, no, I mean, I was emotional. It's just they didn't make it look like I'm just, boring, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Because I was, I was being like in real life. I didn't know what to do, so I, I felt I was being boring. So it's like, oh crap, they're gonna make me look so stupid. <laughs> but they didn't. So. Could you tell me about the lead up to the proposal? What was that day like, and how did it go for you? Like whenever you were in that moment. Okay, so it was a very busy week. So when Friday rolls around, I have to drive all the way from Atlanta back to my house, and I have to sit out here waiting for the crew to be ready and everything. And then we actually get out in the car, and me and Tan, and we pretend to drive from Atlanta to the house. And of course, you have the reveal, and then you have Anthony teaching you how to cook. And then after that, I have to get dressed, and I have the cameras on me. Of course, they have to they leave. They, they show me the proposal video real quick, and then they leave, and it's all very emotional. And then I have to get ready, and I have to cook, and then she comes home. And she does her reveal. And then we get to the movie and I'm trying to remember everything I'm supposed to do. And I pretend to go get a drink and I go up back there and I'm getting dressed. And I realized I didn't memorize my speech. So <laughs> I don't know anything I'm supposed to say. And so I'm trying to get dressed and I'm trying to do everything at this. You know, I'm trying to memorize it as I'm getting dressed, knowing that I have less than five minutes to memorize this. And I'm horrible at memorization. So I'm trying to memorize as much as I can. And I had this, like, it was 23 lines. And so I get out there and they play the movie and I run out there and I, I, I say a couple things on stage and I run down to her and I don't remember any of it. I just remember like three lines. <laughs> so, so what you see in the show, that's all I remember of this giant speech I had re- written. That's all I remembered was <laughs> those three lines. 
<laughs> so, so yes, I was very nervous. <laughs> I enjoy seeing it. it was absolutely beautiful. It was honestly one of my favorite episodes. Tell me, what is the film and TV scene in Georgia like? Has more opportunities opened up after being on the show? Oh, well, Georgia is just amazing when it comes to films. They're actually number one in the world right now. Uh, when it comes to film and TV. They, last year, they were number three, and the, this year, they've jumped to number one. Uh, the nice thing about Georgia is that anything you need, whether it's studio work or you need it to look like Africa or you need it to look like a desert or just middle of the woods or just the city, everything you need is right here within driving distance of the city. Uh, so it, it, it's been an amazing opportunity for a lot of the film companies because it's it's just... And it's also cost-effective, too, because it's a right-to-work state. So the background workers, they're not union. So you don't have to pay those union costs and everything. It's, and everybody wants to be in the film, so it's actually very cost-effective. I lost my train of thought. But, but as far as the Queer Eye show, that, I don't think that's really helped, helped in any way, necessarily. Yeah, yeah, as far as, I mean, there have been opportunities that I feel like sometimes I'm being giving it apart because I'm on Queer Eye and they think it's going to help them. But... There are those moments like when I was filming Stranger Things and then one of the crew people recognized me and was, all of a sudden everybody, oh, it's William from Queer Eye is here. And like even Sean Levy's, you know, he's recording. He's like, I heard you're famous. And it was like, well, <laughs> just a little bit. you know. <laughs> uh, and I was working with Jake Busey that day and it's like everybody's talking about me and just everything. And you could just see he's getting kind of irritated because he's supposed to be the famous person I said. <laughs> And uh, suddenly everybody's talking about me and he's just sitting there right next to me, just kind of like, oh. uh, so that was kind of a surreal moment when the cast, the crew, I was, everybody's taking photos with me. And even when we got back to the background area, they were like, you know, just remember that nobody's supposed to be taking photos. There is an exception because William is here that you'll see him taking a, a lot of photos with people. That is a different situation. And it just felt really weird that I, for those moments, I felt incredibly famous, just like, <laughs> Uh, it was it was kind of surreal, actually. And then suddenly the show comes out and just like it became national news that I was in it. And it was just I didn't expect that, you know, I posted on my Instagram. It's like, oh, you know, I'm a stranger thing. <laughs> and then suddenly Entertainment Weekly and Huffington Post and you, uh, Vogue and everybody's talking about the fact that I'm in it. It's, 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 it's kind of crazy, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I started noticing on my Twitter feed, everybody was asking, they're like, is that William from Queer Eye on Stranger Things? And I would just see it on my Twitter feed. So I was like, hey, a little Easter egg from like yeah. Netflix families. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. So, and then the, she was in it too. Yeah, oh. yeah. I was going to say that you both were, you got featured background roles, correct? Like you guys got to be in Stranger Things. Well, well we, yeah, we weren't featured, but you can definitely see. Well, he, he was featured. Uh, I, I just, you just see the side of my face. But um, somebody at work told us that we should be in every episode going forward as an Easter egg. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. I think that'd be fun for the audience. Speaking of Twitter, I love reading your as Twitter feed and looking at your Instagram feed. It's absolutely hilarious. So, where do you guys come up with the ideas for your posts, and has social media been different? after appearing on Queer Eye? I have kind of a weird sense of humor, so Instagram especially allows me to, to show it. I don't get on Twitter as much as I normally or I used to. It's gotten very political, so I try to avoid it. Uh, but Instagram, I can really show my personality. I don't know, how did we start those photos? Like the From your brain. Yeah, my brain. <laughs> I guess the, the who wore it better. And then she actually came up with the idea of doing five heroes in the uh, remake of that. She That was actually her idea. And I actually have a couple more coming up that, we're trying to find the right area to, to shoot these, but I have a couple more that we're going to be doing. So 
that's actually been a lot of fun to, to recreate photos like that. <laughs> I'm so excited because like I'll see those and I'm like, uh, you guys just like hit it the funny bone. Like I love looking at your feed. You guys are absolutely hilarious. And it just it just brightens up everybody's Instagram feed when everybody is either in so into themselves or so into whatever is trendy going on. I just I love watching you guys' Instagram feed. If you had to pass along one message that the Fab Five gave to you uh, what would you say like what would you spread to others if like a message that they gave to you what would you say well i know the one for me i I think i mentioned earlier was that you're the things that you do you have to remember that you're not doing it for yourself you're doing it for the others you're doing it for the people around you so when you're not taking care of yourself you're you're kind of showing others that you just don't care Uh, but when you take care of yourself um it kind of shows that you're, you're you're you care about the people around you also um, it's an, I never realized, though, like I said on the show, that something as simple as a haircut can make that big a difference. But it really does. It can, changes the way you feel, and it changes how people see you too. And it, it just it just creates a positive aura around yourself. And Shannon, <laughs> I, I don't know, because um, like I said, that that day was a blur for me. Anything from the show? I mean, that's one that I do keep, you know, reminding him. But, Actually. Um, uh, she actually keeps up with the French tuck. She still does the French tuck. I was never comfortable <laughs> with the French tuck. She still does it. And she actually tried to do uh start an Instagram trending thing where French, French tuck, tuck Friday, Friday. Uh, where every Friday we'd do a picture of us in the French tuck and try to try to start something up, but it never took off. So, but she's still French. I didn't, tucks, do, it. So. I didn't do it very often. I probably should start, maybe start doing it again. Yeah. And if you do, you should get tan in it. You should rope tan into promoting your French tuck Fridays to get the ball rolling. I sh- I, yeah, I should do that. <laughs> so that's a, that's a takeaway from the show. I'm not good with quotes. <laughs> French tuck. Well, you guys have been absolutely beautiful. Thank you for donating your time. Where can people connect with you on social media? If they want to follow your ventures after this, where, where can people connect with you on social media? Uh, for me, uh, I spend most of my time on Instagram. It's uh, William underscore Mankin. Um, I do most of my uh, time on Instagram too, and it's uh, Tree and Shield. And on Twitter, I'm Silver Lime Photo. Lime as an L I M E. I don't know where I got that from, but it's, it's an old, I used to do photography. So that's actually my old uh, my photo studio I had was Silver Lime Photo. So. What, what's my Twitter handle? I don't even know. It's the same thing, isn't it? Tree and Is shield. It tree and shield. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'm tree and on both <laughs> Twitter and Instagram. He set up my he set up my Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for um, being a part of the show. I had such an amazing time chatting with you, and I look forward to chatting another episode someday in the future. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. It was so nice meeting you. My guests today were William and Shannon Mankin. I had such a great time chatting about one of my favorite shows. We talked about William's transformation and how life has changed after the show. Remember, sometimes it's just taking care of yourself to best serve others. If you want to stay up to date with William and Shannon, visit the links in the show notes. Popner Lounge is produced by Vico and Staff Fam. Graphic design is by Vico. The show is edited and hosted by Staff Fam. If you like our show, please make sure you visit our website, popnerlounge.com. On our website, you'll be able to find things like our previous episodes, more information on our guests, and yes, and yes, our new handy-dandy buy-me-a-coffee button. That's popnerlounge.com. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you join in next time for another compelling conversation with a fellow creative. For Popner Lounge, I'm Steph Pham. 